0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Planning Face Syndicate. Just kidding, folks. It's a Planning Face Syndicate spoilers intended episode tonight. We are going to be talking about your one and only Ahsoka, the show. I guess this is is the weird, weird way to talk. It's Ahsoka. We're going to talk. Star Wars Ahsoka. Star Wars Ahsoka. I don't. Is there another Ahsoka? I don't think there's another Ahsoka. No, no. But tonight we're going to be talking our universe extended, which is essentially where JJ and I talk about anything and everything Star Wars related that has absolutely nothing to do with X-Wing, though we sprinkle a few little bits in here and there for your viewing pleasure. With that being said, joining me on mic tonight is my good friend JJ, gonna crush him at Nova, Lions fan, Gridiron, how are you tonight, sir? I'm doing all right, man.
1: I'm actually packing for Nova as we speak. I'm um, just trying to get my list ready, trying to get all my tokens ready. Um, I purchased the SSP Vader just for that <laughs> one card. <laughs> then I got to try to sell it. So um, so yeah, yeah, excited, man.
0: Well, that's good. I had to drive out to Lansing today for an all-day in-person work meeting. And you know what the number one question that they had today was from like all of our, like all of our teams that are connected together. do we have to go back into office?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Why are we all here? Why can't we just do this virtually? Exactly.
0: Uh, So that was good. I, it, it was nice seeing everybody in person. I won't lie. Um, I will tell you what the media went a million times faster because you could tell who's paying attention and who's not. <laughs> like they're just <laughs> sitting there. And if they um aren't paying attention, you like almost immediately know, you know, like you just it's just known. It's a known quantity. So <laughs>
1: Yeah, I I used to, um, uh, like, run uh, Vassal in the background whenever we had, like, those meetings, and I would just play X-Wing on Vassal back in the day. Jeez.
0: Well, enough work talk. I've had enough work to save a million years same
1: here man let's uh let's get some uh, Soka talk going on here so um we'll go we set up a, a little guide here uh which screenshots of some uh of the episode here just to kind of guide us through the conversation as the episode progresses here so we'll start off with the first episode uh, that aired last week uh, it was a two-part uh intro for the series uh, where we got two episodes and uh, i gotta say they were actually really strong they were great i actually enjoy them a lot um the very first thing that we got introduced was uh these two new i guess antagonist technically um which is Balin and shin uh who are these dark side users i would call them because they're definitely not sith and um, they go into this New Republic prison transport, uh, which is transporting a high-value target there, um, and they get to show off their um, their abilities very, very early, um, and we get a Balin being uh, interpreted by Ray Stevenson, the late Ray Stevenson, and I got to say, after seeing his initial dialogue um, and the way he just generally carries himself, he looks like a light side uh, count Dooku almost character and like I, I want to see more of his character like develop and talk and stuff like that because he
0: just seems like a really interesting character what was your first impression so I agree with you I, I I don't think the count I don't get the Count Dooku vibe as much as I get um who's the guy from the very first uh Jedi video game we played it's not Jedi Survivor it's Jedi or I can't remember it that video game with the EA Sports uh the, one the Force Unleashed? No, 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 no. It's the new game with the redhead kid.
1: Oh, I know what you're talking about. Um
0: uh, it's Gaelic, or something like that. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Gaelic. Um oh From my the... gosh, I can't remember. Jedi That no, it's not uh, Fallen Order, no. Uh yes. Yes, it is Fallen Order, yeah.
0: So in that game, he, it's, I, I believe it's Gaelic. We'll, well, I'll look it up real quick, but essentially that's the guy, that's who he reminds me of is like a little bit, you know, chubbier or maybe a little bit older Gaelic. That that's who it reminds me of completely. And it's the guy that you have to fight, I guess, spoiler alert, but it's the guy you have to fight towards the end. Um, at on, on, um, Darth Maul, right? Yeah. So to me, that's who that's who I see. Calcastis is the lead. Jesus, I don't know what's wrong with me.
1: <laughs> so much work. That's why.
0: Um no, it's Taran Malakos. That's who it is.
1: Yeah, that's a mouthful. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
0: That is who that is who it is. So that's who this reminds me of. Honestly. I didn't I didn't see the Count Dooku. I, I see Count Dooku as like more um boxy a way too more too much political and like if you i don't know if you ever read the count dooku book yeah but if you've read the you could kind of hear the this in his voice even when he was like a young jedi you know
1: yeah yeah good point yeah um so then uh we go into the scene here now one of the things that kind of like bothered me for the scene is that you know, we get the captain of the of the New Republic ship there that you know gets this um, this transmission saying that it's uh, a, a Jedi shuttle that's coming in to to dock with them, and he's like, "Oh well, I'm gonna go greet them to see if they're. I'm gonna call their bluff and go meet them." And I'm like, "You're a captain. You got people you could delegate that to. Your job is to maintain <laughs> control of the ship, not go meet the potential people who are going to kill you." Like, <laughs> like, what kind of
0: it's a naive. What
1: kind of it's incompetence, bro. Like, <laughs> and of course, naturally, you know, this guy uh ends up getting killed, and uh, Shin displays her lightsaber skills where she mows down a bunch of new Republic guards, uh, he heads to the um to the bridge where she handily dispatches everybody and they escape with their prisoner. And uh we get this uh this little glimpse on her uh seeing like the little pad braid on her. Uh, just showing that she is uh, Balin's Padwan. And it's uh, actually kind of interesting, right? Because these are obviously dark side users. You know, they're not quite Sith, but they still follow the traditions of the Jedi, right? You know, with her having that braid, obviously that's very um, symbolic of the relationship between a Jedi Master and an Apprentice on how they work, which is very different with how the Sith do it.
0: Yes. Um, And I think, I don't know, like, see, this is where it goes into, you know, like, technically speaking, right? When they, before they created the rule of two, there was lots of Sith, right? And they were essentially just like the Jedi. They had apprentices, they did trainings, they did all those other things. So, like, could this just be like a rehashing of, you know, how they used to do things? Or do you think this is more of a rule of two type thing
1: i'm not sure i think maybe this is probably Balin trying to create his own order um similar to the jedi order but not fully invested in the dark side because obviously the way that they're they're working so far and we see through the conversation that he has with uh with Elsbeth that, uh, that she essentially hired them. So they're working like mercenaries and they're not quite invested in their whole, the whole plot to actually bring back Thrawn, but they're, they're there because they're hired muscle essentially, and they're intrigued by what's going on. And that's, that's the sense that I get from them.
0: Yeah. And I think you're probably right in that aspect, but I don't know. It just feels so much like the Sith, to me, and how they handle each other. But I guess we can get to that later as we kind of move through that episode.
1: Mm hmm. So as we move on, we find ourselves uh, back with our, our main protagonist, which is Ahsoka Tano. She's exploring a uh, a planet here, and sh- she finds herself inside of a Tomb Raider scene where she has to solve a puzzle in order to <laughs> unlock a treasure. And um, she finds essentially what seems to be like a uh, kind of like a little hollow ball um, that has coordinates. Um, but she finds herself interrupted, and she comes face to face with a squad of HK droids which i believe are hunter killer droids um and we get this beautiful shot here with these droids here and i just love the touch of equipping these droids with the cape uh that kind of like flows in the wind as they're like uh, like staring each other down about to start the battle um i think this was actually really great cinema photography i really enjoyed this particular piece uh just showing the uh the starting battle here and just seeing uh, ahsoka's battle prowess and how she handled herself or herself in combat
0: yeah and i think that's you know i i agree with you on that aspect it was weird because i didn't understand where the what those droids were they look like magna guards right like somebody yeah. painted them and made them and, and even
1: when they light up their their staff it has the the, the, the shh, like that yep. static sound that the magna guards had and i'm like oh snap i'm like are these like upgraded magna guards yeah it was it was good
0: yeah, and so that's you know, that always is gonna be the question, right? Is is it, you know, is it something that is that or not? Um I don't know if we're gonna ever find out, but that's that was always that was like my first question immediately was is are they um you know, specifically Magna Guards or is this like a new model of droid? And oh, do these can they can they they fly ships. that's what I want to know I just want to know can they fly
1: ships (laughs) (laughs) so like this gives me a very very separatist vibe right and considering that Balin was a Jedi during the Clone Wars because we know that he he knew Anakin Skywalker and he is aware of Ahsoka Tano like it almost feels like he reserved a part of the separatist tech to keep it in reserve to help him deploy for particular missions where he needs to extract um like an object or try to assassinate somebody and just use that as an extension of his services. That's how this feels to me.
0: Yeah. And at the time, I don't know if we don't know that they're from Balin, right?
1: Um, I believe so because they were deployed out of the ship in a later episode.
0: Yeah. But at, in this scene, we don't know. We just know yeah. she's yeah. being hunted and we know she's going after. You didn't tell him, but she's going after a cube some sort of a cube that is a connection to um, hyperspace or they don't explain at this point, they don't explain what it is, but it's a cube that's going to help her travel or see through time, which then made me think of the world between worlds, right? That's the first thing I thought of when I saw them.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, So after this battle scene, uh, we find that the droids decide to, 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 self-destruct and cause uh like a massive fireball uh that uh that basically uh wipes that whole area and we get to see uh huang again who is the training droid from um from the old uh clone wars days that were training the younglings on how to create their lightsabers and such and i apparently forgot to put the picture in there but it was a nice um it was a nice thing to see that particular character from clone wars come up um to be that um that companion for ahsoka because ahsoka you know if you haven't seen uh the clone wars uh specifically the later seasons of clone wars ahsoka did walk away from the jedi order and from anakin skywalker um like stopping to be to participate in part of the Jedi Order, because she came disillusioned with it, and now she is traveling the galaxy with essentially the history of the Jedi Order that's reserved with this droid that helped teach all these younglings uh, how to start their first steps in the Force. Um, so it was it was interesting to see her um, choose him as her companion uh, for what she gets to do. Um, fast forward, we get to end up over in. Um, in Lathal, uh, where they have an opening ceremony. And let me add in a photo here that I've got to add in. And we uh, we see ourselves with a dedication ceremony here, where we get to see um, a very familiar face here. And it is uh, writer Ansari, uh, who is um, delivering a speech doing the dedication for this mural. You can scroll up, I put her above. And it was awesome to see writer Zari uh, come back to life Um, and to his left there, uh, we get the kid from Rebels uh, season one, I believe, uh, who was the Imperial Cadet that Ezra ended up um, that helped Ezra escape from the Imperial Academy uh, during one of their missions. And now he's all grown up and he's a senator now uh, representing one of the systems in the New Republic. Um, so it was great to see this little piece of, of lore from Rebels come into live action
0: yeah and I think if you, you look at it that the, the the writer thing was different for me I mean he's dressed a little bit differently he's definitely older and he's got like the full like saw beard like he, he's got like yeah. the poofy <laughs> hair and the saw beard that's what it reminded me of it's like ah oh, did you hang out with saw too long you guys y'all are hanging out a little bit too long together <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly yeah and then they uh they mean to bring up uh sabine to uh kind of honor her for the dedication of this particular mural and of course sabine is nowhere to be found so Ryder sends out uh the specter group to go and find her and locate her and lo and behold we have her riding out of Lothal in the speeder and we get a beautiful shot there of an e-wing uh just flying us alongside of her now the most um the the Best part of this was the call sign for the pilot, who is Spectre 20, which means that they've continued the tradition of calling all the pilots um, that are in at least in this area are part of the squadron, part of the original call signs that the, fa- the Phoenix team originally had when they started their cell on Lethal, continuing the tradition of calling each other Spectre. Uh, so that that was a nice little touch that they added on there um and we have a whole sequence where they're trying to get her to stop so that way she can come back and go to the celebration and uh we get this uh this awesome scene where she gets to basically escape and go right through the e-wings and make it out to your communications tower
0: yeah and i think here here is a a big one right you know like you see the e-wing and so i need to know like because the e-wing has never appeared in standard like non-legacy type stuff right and i think the question <laughs> becomes like why now like why all of a sudden are we getting an e-wing appearance like i mean how many other ships like are in the books that are not in any of these shows or movies so why are we getting an e-wing and what did we not see at Exegol? an e-wing yeah
1: exactly now my my theory on this is that they actually use the remnants of Thrawn's uh, Tide Defender base to design and create the E Wing, which would be actually really, really interesting for them to later show up and become part of the pivotal battle to fight off Tide Defenders on live action. It would be really great to see that happen on the live stream. Uh,
0: I don't know if we're going to get to see uh, live action defenders. That'd be crazy. That's maybe that's, not as crazy. crazy.
1: But in the in the movie that's coming out in a few years from now, maybe part of this uh the big battle that, that we'll probably see. I, I would hope to see at least a squadron of E Wings go in and fight some Tide Defenders. That would be really great for live action. Fair enough. And then uh, we got another photo here just showing the side profile of the E Wing here. And it looks really clean, really nice. I love that uh, the design of them bringing it into live action. Um, just seeing that nice canopy that's nice and open, and that had um, that really ugly, obtrusive gun just being right on top of the canopy there. <laughs> And uh it, it uh definitely shares some of the designs of an X Wing. You can tell how it has like that front nose part, but just having that bigger engine and cannons on the side. It's like a really nice side profile shot. You,
0: you know what it looks like though, right? Like it really looks like the attack the first attack shuttle from the yes. ghost. That's what it looks yeah. like to me. That's what it's always looked like. I love them. I own like three of them um in X Wing miniatures game, but you know, like so like for me, I love love those little models, but I don't know. They're, we'll see. They they seem like a ship that's never appeared anywhere else and somehow miraculously, you know, we're going to we get we get to see it now, you know
1: yeah exactly so uh moving on from this part here uh we get to uh go forward in the in the series where ahsoka has a conversation with hera uh where she tells her to reach out to sabine to help her uh, essentially try to decode uh the sphere that she gets and she, through some trial uh sabine is able to um to essentially crack the code uh that the knights uh that that was on this and it reveals a path going from the current galaxy that we know going into a separate galaxy where it is believed where Grand Admiral Thrawn and Ezra traveled to at the end of season four rebels uh, which was actually a very big revelation because originally what we originally thought was that the that they traveled into the unknown regions, which would have been on the far, I I, I guess, if you're looking at it at a map would be to the far (laughs) western side of the galaxy, uh, which was originally closed off because of a natural phenomenon that occurred in that area. Um, But now we're traveling to a whole another galaxy. I mean, this is huge, right? Because this just just opens up the lore for so many other things to exist in that area, right?
0: So now the question and I don't want to jump ahead to episode three yet, but I think one of the questions, you know, I have with this revelation was, you know, I don't think it, when we, in Rebels, we don't see Thrawn specifically picking and choosing where he, they went, right? It, it did not say, here you go, we're going to choose this, and you're going to go there. So the question becomes, what? how intentional was that location picked was it random and if it is in another galaxy how in god's green earth do we get there and i think you know that that begs the question you know where is thrawn from right you know like is thrawn and their species genuinely from like the outer rim outer rim area or are they in a whole nother galaxy and it's just not described appropriately in the books
1: right exactly So, I mean, it's definitely it's definitely interesting, at least lore wise, because at least this becomes like the next thing that could um, essentially this could be a a narrative point for the future, especially uh, post uh, Rise of Skywalker, where we can find our next big threat to the galaxy. Um, I think that this is essentially what this is setting up is for the next big bad to come from that galaxy. Maybe they pull from legends again and bring out the use vong, uh, which were uh, in uh, immune to force, uh, which would be really interesting to see that dynamic come up now. So- um, since there's been so much buildup of force users um, to have a natural enemy that are immune to the effects of the force.
0: So, okay. So uh, we're, we're just going to go full spoiler till and, I will apologize to you because I know you haven't read all the books, but I, I I don't feel I should have to wait to have a conversation with you on a book. That's like two or three years old. So um, <laughs> okay. in, if you, if you've read any of the high Republic books, like, so, okay. So there's two things I want to say. So first off, there's the Grisk, right? Yeah. That are the the enemies in the Thrawn, the Thrawn society that we know are not defeated and we know are coming back, and I can't remember his name because I haven't read those books in like two years now. But there was a big bad that was, you know, manipulating the Grisk from afar, and the prevalent theory was is that was Palpatine or a Palpatine clone that was doing that. That's how they make it sound in the Throne books, right? So, okay, I understand the logic of. And I'll—I can't remember his name. We'll have to look it up in a minute. I did not come prepared for Thrawn discussion, I guess. But, <laughs> um, so, so I understand like having another galaxy because I think it opens up the door to have the these other things. But at the same token, there is so much unexplored territory just with the the chess. They don't need to do any of this stuff. And then now we have a whole Republic High Republic series, and we know there is at least one show. I think it's a show coming that will deal slightly with the highly high republic right is
1: that the acolyte i believe yes yeah,
0: yeah. <clears throat> and and i will tell you that there is two sets there's two sets of high republic books they have adult ones and then young adult ones and i won't lie and say that all of them are so like you should just read every one of the like these but they are extremely interesting because they deal with a an enemy called the nihil I get, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I'm excited because I was listening to trying to finish up my book today on the way to and from work because I'm never in the car anymore. Anyway, so there's this Nihil threat and they are a, a, a extreme pirate group. And they do all these weird drugs that make them crazy in glitter stem. Yes, it's not glitter stem, though. <laughs> That's not what they call it. But sure. I, I don't think it is glitter sim because glitters. I don't know. We'd have to go back and actually look at where glitter sim was created. So they do talk about spice a little bit in like reference to some of that, you know, like it's not spice called in the books, but it's kind of one of those things where you can kind of allude and say, yep, somebody found this ahead of time. Right now, the Nihil are this big, bad, um, this big, bad enemy. Right. And it's led by the eye, Martian Rowe. And Martion Rowe is leading in throughout all these books and, and all the stories, like essentially there's a vengeful piece against the Jedi. Now, I haven't read the last two that have come out. That's where I'm at right now. I'm on the third one before that. But there the fourth one before that, there was the or it was an origin like book. Like like it's set even before the High Republic per se, like the current storyline that the High Republic is tackling. It was set before that. And it's essentially there's these little creatures. And if they come in contact with you, they turn you to dust. But they only do it, only do it to force users. Interesting. And it's insane. Like I'm dead serious. Like this is like like this is it's a revolutionary piece inside of Star Wars because we've never had anything before. And what it's doing, and I, I don't know how much I should spoil, but what, what essentially it's doing is it's sucking all the force out of the people. So the mid- it it eats the midi sure. inside of the,
1: the they
0: person. they really do not like that terminology so they don't call it that but yes that's <laughs> like to some extent it's doing something like that but it doesn't affect normal people per se right now it's gotcha. only affecting Jedi and it's not something where like the Jedi have to be eat- it doesn't eat you it just like comes in contact with you and it's like a disease and then you just start turning into stone and then the stone turns into dust. And we find out in that the fourth book from the current one that essentially, I don't know where, they don't know where these came from, but like Martian Rose, like Origins and all of that, where uh, they were one of the original, um, they have one of the original Pathfinders, right? And that's what they call them in the Thrawn book. So they're connecting some of this chist stuff without actually talking about just people. And they're utilizing the same terminology they had Pathfinders, people that could find hyperspace lanes before they were mapped out. And, um, you know, Laura Santeca and the Satenka family, that to some extent, that's the original. Martian Rose, like, grandmother is a Santeca. And so, you know, we don't get a lot of Santeca discussions in any of the newer, you know, books or movies. It's kind of like they're brought up and they're a smaller plot point, but they've never had their own full set on series. In the High Republic, we get that
1: interesting
0: and so to bring it all back around right there already exists and had before written before this you know like a whole species that is you know using force immune animals or creatures to murder jedis which is crazy because it almost feels like we should rewrite the original trilogy because can you imagine if palpatine had these things like i mean it wouldn't even been a question like here you go um have one of these stupid little animals. <laughs> but, um, um, yeah, yeah. So, so bringing it all back around, like, I understand the logic of, like, creating us a new galaxy, but we have some of these other things. Now, if they can tie the High Republic piece to the new galaxy, like, what if those species came from this galaxy? What if they were part of that whole other, like, dominant species that just so does not happen to have, you know, the Force, or they evolved to the point where, the force was too strong inside of, you know, society. Therefore, now we have these malice things that are force resistant or murdering force people.
1: That would be actually really interesting. I mean, they they definitely are laying the groundwork to introduce a lot of those threads. It would be awesome to see threats that are being like fleshed out now in the High Republic to come back as a, a like a, the next evolution of that particular um like threat you know uh, especially with the the rebuild of the jedi order and the death of palpatine hopefully um finally (laughs) you know it'll be interesting to see especially since we're expected to have a new ray trilogy that's coming out um and um and see you know what the the next big bad or the next big challenge for ray and her legacy would be for her lifetime there so yeah so, yeah, so we finally get to see the the duel uh, that they they sort of teased them beginning from the trailers between uh, Sabine and Shin, and we get to see Sabine take out Ezra's lightsaber, and now she's forced to uh, defend herself using all the tricks and all the knowledge that was uh, basically beat into her by Kanan and Ezra during Rebels. And we get to see her. I think my favorite part of it, it was... The fact that she defaults into the ready stance that Ezra was trying to teach her in the beginning uh, during the uh, Trials of the Darksaber episode of Rebels. And it's really great. Uh, Natasha, the uh, the actress that uh, portrays Sabine, she nailed it. She nailed that stance perfectly and how she uh, how Sabine did it in Rebels as she prepares to fight uh, Shin Hati for uh, essentially the um, the 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 device that she helped unlocked and uh and we get a a nice duel here and it was very interesting because you can clearly see that during this fight this is a very different lightsaber fight it kind of reminded me more of the fight between kylo ren and finn uh, from episode seven because finn is not attuned to the force at all in that fight and he's basically trying to use his his physicality to try to win this fight and sabine very similarly tries to win the fight using her her knowledge her her muscle memory from all her training that she had from ezra and kanan and just trying to beat her that way uh whereas shin is kind of using the force to augment her speed and her her prowess when she's fighting and doing this duel here and it was a, a very interesting scene to, to see how they, they portrayed that.
0: Yeah, and I think it was interesting. Like, I don't know. It was, it's a little different. Like, And so this is where JJ and I are disagreeing on whether Sabine is Force sensitive or not. Um, and, like, spoiler alert, there is stuff in Episode 3 where they talk about it. And JJ, try, he's trying to not lose two bets in one year is what it is. He's already she- lost the bet with the Giants losing. To the lions which he said never would happen ever uh, which by the way your hat your hat's in the mail just so you know um, and it's a different color than the one you're wearing and has a big lion on it um, I couldn't get the lion head though anymore oh damn like sucked. I think that was a that was a fake one because like I had it in my cart and it's gone and I tried to find the company that made it and they don't exist on Amazon anymore I can't find it <laughs> so I don't know what happened I think it was spam bullshit but um, anyway, so yeah, it's it's interesting to see how like the you know because like traditionally we were taught you can't hold a lightsaber unless you have the Force, right? And then a lot of that changed with the dark saber and changed with some of the you know legends type discussions. You know that there were some books that people held lightsabers without having to. And I don't think in the original trilogy, I'm trying to think of who had a lightsaber. I
1: don't um, think
0: han yeah han was the only one but uh, you know again han also made the run in how many parts, parsecs right so he might be for sensitive and just a dick you know he's just a dick all around but um
1: <laughs> so look i mean they they very clearly have defined it you know several times and and, and i and i don't want to go not. too deep in the in the in they in have I'll, not. I'll, t- I'll, I'll tell you what i what i mean by that okay and i'm not and i'm we're not going to go too deep in this conversation because there's more stuff that comes up later on um, related to this. But essentially what they've talked about during the Clone Wars is that everybody, there's the Force resides in everybody. However, it takes talent and it takes training for people to develop that connection to the Force in order for them to wield it like a Jedi does. And while Sabine may certainly aspects of the force she's very much like a han solo character where she maybe not intuitively uses the force or at least purposefully but the force still resides in her because it resides in all living beings she just doesn't have the talent and she does not have the training to use it so you know even Quang, when talking to her in the following episode tells her that her abilities are like subpar like she would never be considered now you're to be... spoiling episode three episode two it was episode two but yeah but but anyway um episode but yeah three. let's 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 not go too far too deep down the rabbit hole on that one. So. i'm just
0: i'm just saying i think you're wrong and i think they're clear they're clearly not addressing this issue because of people like us that want to debate it that, that there there's a reason to their madness and and there's a reason behind some of this stuff And Sabine has held a lightsaber before. She did very well in her training comparatively. And yes, you got to think like the discussion in the past has always been, you can't train them unless they're really young, right? It's it's weird. It's actually a very brainwashing technique thing. Like that's why they struggled with Anakin. There was arguments about training Anakin for a lot for the, that was all over. That's all over the, the old trilogies, right? You know, like, and, I mean, in the and Clone you can say Wars. the
1: same you can say the same about Luke Skywalker. I mean Yes, was, and they argued the same thing yeah. too. They did yeah, the exactly. same thing.
0: Now it doesn't mean he can't be and doesn't mean he shouldn't be and didn't mean he might have more talent than somebody like Sabine, but it does mean that that has happened. And so they're bringing this up as a as a discussion point because in Rebels she doesn't hold the lightsaber for very it's not like a thing. Oh no, like there is 30 seconds if that at the at the end of Rebels, where he gives her the lightsaber and says, "You need to carry on for me," which is a theme in this, by the way, um, with her and Ezra. And that's one of the pictures you miss because that was that's one of the things that comes up is, and we see in episode two with flashbacks, but like she's plagued by living in his shadow because he made the ultimate sacrifice she can't make. You know, even though they think she they think he's alive, but. And now he's an inquisitor, yeah. but um
1: no, he's not an inquisitor, <laughs> he is not an inquisitor. No, we'll we'll just have that conversation for episode two. But uh, just to end the fight here, uh Jin does a, a beautiful spinning parring maneuver and then uh goes for it slightly above uh Sabine's liver and uh, fails to hit any critical organs. Uh, causing Sabine to fall still with enough strength to fight her back with wild swings. And then the episode ends where she collapses right in front of Ahsoka as she arrives to help out in the battle.
0: Yeah. Which I thought was a weird point uh, as an ending piece to this episode, because I mean, we, we see, we see her, right. She shows up in, in trailers <laughs> with her haircut. And we, we didn't see her haircut this whole episode. So, like, this is kind of like, I don't know. This to me seems silly and ridiculous that we had to have this piece of it. Um.
1: Yeah, I know. It's like they put in a cliffhanger and they've already spoiled, you know, yeah. what's going to happen already. So I think it was just more for an effect or for the people who decided not to watch anything, you know, it, so that way they didn't get spoiled. But yeah, absolutely.
0: So. Well, all right. That concludes episode 30. For us. Oh, look, I have your picture up here still. Um, episode 30 for us. Um, for the universe extended from Planning Face Syndicate. Tune in next week because we will be covering more of the Ahsoka show. Um, and since Thrawn is Tanner's absolute favorite character and Ahsoka is probably a close second uh favorite character of mine, um, the episodes will always be way too long uh comparatively because I have lots of commentary. And I got to come up with a new bet if um, I'm correct that Sabine uh, gets to use the force by the end of the season. And uh, JJ has to, we got to do something because I already won my one bet. Though I had to pay for it. This time we're going to make clear guidelines that if I win the bet, I'm not shelling (laughs) out any goddamn cash this time. Because I had to shell out the cash for the new hat, which hopefully he wears until the end of time. With that being said, thank you all so much. We will be back with another spoiler episode of The Universe Extended. Thank you. Have a good night, and we'll see you on the Flippity Flop.